My name is Riley Real, and this is the Behaviors and Trauma in Education podcast. On my last podcast, I left you guys with a couple questions about what this podcast would aim to talk about. The questions were, what is trauma and why is it important to understand as educators? A simple dictionary definition of the word trauma is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. It's a very subjective definition and something that you can interpret differently. In 1995, there was a study done, which you guys may have heard of, called the ACE study. This is a two-year study. 17,000 people participated in it. Um, They were at varying levels of their lives, different demographics, socioeconomic statuses. And throughout the study, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, an American health and maintenance organization, asked these um, participants to answer a 10-question survey. This survey is called the ACE study, Adverse Childhood Experience Questionnaire. And they generated a score of 0 out of 10, 10 being the most extreme and 0 being um, no uh, traumatic experiences or adverse childhood experiences um, that you were through. So I'm going to go through this questionnaire with you because I refer to it a lot in, in what we talk about and what we're going to talk about moving forward. And throughout this, you guys may be able to understand either some ACE scores that you may have been through or an ACE score that you might have a student in your head that you're thinking about right now and you may be able to better identify and understand where they're at with their stage of life based on what you've heard. So I'm going to run through this real quick and then we'll get into it. Number one, did a parent or other adult in the household often swear at you, insult you, put you down or humiliate you, act in a way that made you feel afraid that you might be physically hurt? Number two, did a parent or other adult in the household often push, grab, slap or throw something at you or ever hit you so hard that you had a mark or you were injured? Number three, did an adult or person at least five years older than you ever touch or fondle you or have you touch their body in a sexual way or tried to or actually have oral, anal, or vaginal sex with you? Question four, did you often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special or your family didn't look out for each other, feel close to each other, or support each other? Five, did you often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes, and had no one to protect you? Or your parents were too drunk or high to take care of you or take you to the doctor if you needed it? Number six, were your parents ever separated or divorced? Seven, was your mother or stepmother often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her? Or sometimes were often kicked, bit, and hit with a fist or hit with something hard? Or ever repeatedly hit over at least a few minutes or threatened with a gun or knife? Eight, did you live with anyone who was a problem drinker or alcoholic or who used street drugs? Nine, was a household member depressed or mentally ill or did a household member attempt suicide? And ten, did a household household member go to prison? If you had a yes, you would just put yes and then that would give you a score of one. You add all the scores up and then you would have your ACE score zero through ten. So the Center of Disease Control, the American Health Maintenance Organization, found out and they wanted to see if there's any correlation between some risk factors physical and neurological um, that came out of the study so here's some of the things that they found out of the 17,000 people that took this survey 36 percent of them had zero aces 26 percent of them had one ace 16 percent of them had two aces 9.5 percent of them had three aces And 12.5% of them have four or more ACEs in the study. So adding all that up, almost two-thirds of the 17,000 people who took this survey reported having at least one ACE or one adverse childhood experience throughout their life. So here's some correlations that they found throughout the ACE study. For those that had one ACE, they had a higher rate of developing alcoholism, depression, um, STDs, and COPD. 
those with two ACEs had the above, so what was previously stated, and a higher risk for smoking, drug use, obesity, stroke, and broken bones. Those with three ACEs had the following, and diabetes, heart disease, cancer. And those that had four ACEs had everything that was previously stated and a higher level and a higher risk for not being able to go to work and suicide. So those with four or more ACEs had everything that I just mentioned and a higher risk for suicide. The thing that they found out about the study was that there was a direct correlation to your health and overall fitness, your overall lifestyle. They found out that those with six or more ACEs live to be 60. And those with less than six ACEs live to be 80 years old or more. So this study had a direct correlation with how long you live and a lot of those physical and neurological things that happen based on the early childhood experiences that people go through. So again, if you had um, less than 60 ACEs, or excuse me, less than six ACEs, you were likely to live closer to the age of 80. Or if you had six or more ACEs, you were more likely to have a life expectancy of living to 60 years old. So the other thing that I want to talk about is those, so why does this apply to us? So another study that they found with the ACEs is that three or more adverse childhood experiences, so those students who have three or more ACEs had an 80% chance of having academic concerns versus those that had less than three. So if you have a child or a student that has three or more ACEs, there's a direct correlation to them having an 80% chance of needing some type of academic intervention, academic support versus the child developing at the developmentally age appropriate rate for his or her grade level. The National Survey of Children's Health found that 25% of students within our school buildings have been through two or more ACEs, 22% of children have been through one or more. You add that up and you're roughly around 48% of students have been through one or more ACE throughout their lives. Why is this important to us? It's important to us because unfortunately trauma has a huge impact and can have a huge prevalency and correlation to these students having some neurological developmental issues and their brains being shaped and changed in different ways based on the environment that they're brought up in. Again, this is out of the children's control, but it is something that impacts them and may have a higher rate of impairing them in some type of developmentally appropriate way. Trauma can have some serious effects physically. As I mentioned earlier, it can lead to alcoholism, depression, SCDs, smoking, drug use, obesity, stroke, broken bones, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, and suicide. Now, this is really important for us at the middle and high level just because the exposure to alcohol, tobacco, substances is a lot easier to access and these students have a higher prevalency and risk factor the more ACEs that they have and the more that they've been through their risk factors are a lot higher and they have a higher chance of becoming addicted to any of these types of substances. So now trauma there does have a positive correlation with behavioral concerns and a lot of this is due to the students not being your quote-unquote normal students as we talked about before um, the kids do have a higher rate of non-neurotypical development and them not being able to develop at the same rate as their peers of their age. A lot of this has to do with what they've went through, a lot of the ways that their, their body has responded to the stress and the stimulus that they've been through throughout their entire lives. 
lot of the cookie cutter things that we have found in education don't apply to a lot of these students because of the way that they learn, because of the way that they've been impaired, because of the way of them living in a sense of um, fight, flight, or freeze constantly. Um, Dr. Bruce Perry talks a lot about that if you ever get the chance to read any of his books. But he talks a lot about how these students are always living in a state of arousal and how when they're supposed to be learning about math or history or English, they're constantly in a state of arousal based on the trauma that they've been through and their body isn't able to relax and they're always living in fear. So to wrap this all up, understanding trauma and how it affects young students can help us understand why they act the way that they do and it'll better allow us as educators to meet their needs differently than the needs of students, the broader spectrum of students throughout the school. These students are often going to be um, your students that are your tier two kids, your tier three kids, and they are showing us behaviors. But the reason they're showing us behaviors a lot of the times is because they're trying to communicate with us that there's something going on and they don't know how to respond to it. So as educators, the more that we can dive into this tra the trauma and the things that our kids go through, talk to our counselors and our social workers and understand what they've went through and try different things to help meet the needs of these students and understand that unfortunately, and based on the environment that they were brought up in, they're not doing anything intentionally. Rather, they just need a little bit of support and a little bit of help. So my next episode that I'm going to try to do within a week, um, I'm going to try to dive into what specific strategies can we implement to help students with trauma. Very broad question, but I think it's something that we can continue to work on and we can continue to network about and talk about things that are working and things that aren't working. I think it's really exciting because there's so many different things that come into the conversation with trauma and there are things that we can learn from each other and things that we may not even realize that we're doing that are really doing beneficial things for students that are going through trauma. There's some really good things that are going on and I think touching on those things that are going on in schools and things that different teachers are doing to help these students feel safe and have a positive learning environment somewhere where they can feel comfortable and don't have to live in that state of arousal and fear, we'll really be able to reach these kids and give them what they need. Thank you for listening.